Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. My guest today is Greta Perlmutter. Greta is a resiliency coach, speaker, and the creator and host of the podcast, Coping with Ghosting. Greta's personal story is a powerful one that started at the age of 12. When she first, Greta is a resiliency coach, speaker, and the creator and host of the podcast, Coping with Ghosting. Greta's personal story is a powerful one that started at the age of 12 when she first experienced the pain of being ghosted by friends and significant others. This early heartbreak led her on a transformative journey, turning these experiences into opportunities for growth. Diving deep into the emotional landscape of ghosting, Greta offers others ways to cope with the ghosting pandemic. Through her podcast, social media channels, as well as her group sessions and coaching, Greta shares her proven methods for moving through the aftermath of being ghosted. We're excited to have Greta with us today as we discuss ghosting and coping with loss and heartbreak. Greta, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me here. It's really nice to have you. You know, I'd like this to uh, jump right in and allow our listeners to understand maybe a little bit more about you, your experience with ghosting, and this whole inspiration that you have that's led to a number of things, providing great information on your website, as well as a podcast, Coping with Ghosting. Tell us a little bit more about your experience and the moment that uh, you began to realize, hey, I want to help others around the same kind of construct here. Absolutely. So I'm an extrovert and I love connecting with people. And I've had so many incredible relationships throughout my life. For example, my childhood best friend and I have been friends since we were two years old. And Unfortunately, I've also had friends who have ghosted me. I've had work relationships, people who have ghosted me. And in dating, I've had people who have ghosted me. So it's it's the whole spectrum for me, really. And I honestly believe that's because I do connect with so many people that statistically, some of them just have to be ghosts. I was first ghosted when I was 12 years old. I was ghosted by a guy that I really liked. I also was ghosted in high school. That was pretty shocking. It was by one of my friends at the time who just one day she just completely ignored me. And that was it. Like it was, I went up to her, I asked her a question about something and she turned around and walked away like I didn't exist. Mm. And that was really hard. I was ghosted by a man that I was dating after college. And those earlier experiences were with ghosting took a tremendous toll on my heart. It was really, really challenging for me. And I didn't have the healthiest reactions to those experiences. I blamed myself and I thought, of course, I did something wrong in this relationship. Why else would they have treated me like this. So that was really challenging for me. And I also, you know, self-soothed with lots of ice cream and Mm -hmm. alcohol and binge watching Netflix. So I didn't have the best reactions to all of that. In 2019, years later, I was using dating apps and I was ghosted by a handful of men. And I was horrified by their flaky behavior. 
But when I talked to my friends about it, they all related. Like mm. everybody I knew had been ghosted at some point. And even though it was, it was their behavior, it had nothing to do with me. This was all early stage dating. It was still really frustrating. It felt hurtful, but I still wasn't bothered as much as I had been in the past by other people's vanishing acts. And I realized the difference was that I had grown way more confident over the years. And in 2019, 2020, I had a therapeutic self-care toolbox to get through all the setbacks. So I felt called to help people who were like me when I was first ghosted, Mm -hmm. people who were processing the big emotions and feelings of abandonment that came along with being ghosted. What you're raising, I, I really like, is that you know, ghosting. We we typically think I'm going to have you define it here in just a moment for us, but okay. just so we have a working definition. But I, you know, basically, it's you know, someone suddenly leaving without an explanation, withdrawing, like your friend did. You know, you went up to ask a question in you know elementary school or middle school and she turns around and walks away and we don't have a we don't have a meaning and when you think about it as human beings we are meaning making creatures we need to have meaning the way that our brain processes things any event it goes into the the emotional part of our brain first and then it goes to the meaning part of our brain second and then we can file it away but if we don't have meaning or can't create understanding then it flips back to the emotional part of our brain and it stays kind of locked up in a you know hamster wheel kind of set of emotions that's kind of what trauma is when you look at it and so the absence of understanding really can be very, very challenging and painful. But what you're raising is a good reminder that it can happen with anybody, friends, dating, coworkers, others. It's it's not specific as to dating, is it? No, it can happen in any walk of life where there is a personal relationship. Well, the, you know, the, I think the cool news you're talking about too, there are some friendships and you talk about the friendship you have with a friend from two years old. I got a friendship with a guy from first grade. And we still have it, you know, and yeah. it's a, it's a pretty special thing to have that. And I think in, in life, there are certain relationships that we can probably put them into three categories. Sometimes, you know, there's a, we have a relationship with somebody for a reason. Maybe it's where we're work colleagues and we're working on a project. Maybe it's a season where we're in high school together, you know, or maybe if we're lucky, it's for life. And so we have different categories of friends and not every friend carries over into subsequent categories. And so there's a certain level of maturity and understanding that can come from that. And we just, hey, that was a great season we had together. Remember that? Or that reason we worked on that project, boy, that was really great. Or man, I've kept you as a lifelong friend. That's a whole nother level. And then the way we cope with it, like you said, it's very easy to, to kind of personalize it. If we could, let's go back real quick and let's talk about this idea of defining ghosting first and help us just get a foundational kind of cornerstone meaning of what that right. is. Right. So this is actually a relatively new word. It was Mm -hmm. introduced into the Collins English Dictionary in 2015, and I use the definition from the Oxford Dictionary, which is the practice of ending a personal relationship with someone by suddenly and without explanation, withdrawing from all communication. Mm -hmm. And what's important to note is that this is very different than leaving an abusive situation without a goodbye, because that's called self-protection. And it's also different from disappearing after a boundary has been violated, that self-respect. You bet. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great distinction. Sometimes you have to s- slip out the back, you know, in an abusive relationship. That is not ghosting. That is self-care, like you said, self-protection. 
and self-value. And you can't have goodbyes in re- abusive relationships because the other person just cannot tolerate that piece. And so it becomes controlling and about power and all the things we know. So I appreciate the definition around that. You know, it's it's a relatively new term, but it's been happening, you know, you know, for a long time. But we got a term now to kind of hold it together. What makes it so easy nowadays to be ghosted or to ghost another person? Yeah, it's really all about digital communication. Yeah. So it's so easy to just block somebody's phone number, to unfollow them or Mm. delete them as a friend on Facebook or block them. It's just, you can cut all ties. Also, I do want to bring up that during the pandemic, many people formed a lot of online relationships. I have coaching clients that were ghosted by somebody they had an online, like exclusively online relationship who they never even met in person. And they built up this big, you know, in their mind, deep connection to this person who they never met. And yet then that person vanishes from the app or blocks their phone number and then boom, they're completely gone. That's a good reminder. You know, during the pandemic and given the isolation that we were kind of mandated to do, we were so dependent upon the online connection. And and you're right when you suggest that we likely idealized some connections more than they were really real. We didn't right size really what they were because you don't know somebody in their whole context. You see somebody online and what they look like, and right. there's a kind of kind of a unidimensional understanding of them rather than a you know broad understanding of who they really are. But we form nonetheless kind of a connection and almost kind of an attachment with in, in mm-hmm. almost in an idealized way. And when that is not there or is taken away or ghosted, that's a pretty big loss. What what are some of the yeah. feelings just in general? that you find those that you work with really struggle with the feelings around and and attached to being ghosted. So it's extremely painful. Perceived rejection triggers the same neural pathways in the brain as physical pain. Mm -hmm. And this is also an ambiguous loss. So this person, we know they're alive, but they're not emotionally available to us. They're not present. And this is one of the hardest things that we can experience in terms of relationship. When I was first ghosted by a man that I was dating, I honestly thought he died. Mm. I Googled his name to look for his obituary because I was so confused because we had gone from seeing each other all the time and planning, like he had just asked me on this big trip that was across a bunch of different states. And then all of a sudden he was gone. And I was just so confused by it that I I just had to, so it's just this uncertainty, right? You can Google the answer to anything, but you can't find out what happened to your ghosts, especially if they're alive and well and kicking. So, and especially if they don't have social media. So our brains don't like these open loops. It causes a lot of anxiety. Yeah. We're wired for meaning and understanding and predictability and provides security, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So these feelings you're Um, talking about, it can tag our self-worth. It can kick up a sense of, you know, without meaning, unfortunately, when there's a blank space, you know, hey, why did this happen? And we don't have an answer. Again, the way that our brain works, like you're suggesting, our neural pathways kind of go down to, well, if this event happens and I've got strong emotion, like surprise and disbelief and kind of worry, maybe that uncertainty leads to, I have to have some meaning to define this. Otherwise we stay Yes. In that emotionally charged way, but we have to fill in the blank sometimes. And like you're yes. suggesting here, we yes. fill in the blank with usually, unfortunately, it must be about me. 
Exactly. And I want to share that some of the things that I used to say <laughs> to myself. So yeah. it must be because I wasn't cool enough for him or I wasn't pretty enough or good enough. And so what I realized is that my brain was saying I was ghosted because of this insecurity or that insecurity. Mm-hmm. I was making this all about me. I was assuming what was going on. Meanwhile, a few months later after I was ghosted, I discovered that the person who had ghosted me was engaged. Mm. So it, it really wasn't about me and it was all about him. So some of the other emotions that I felt, anger, anxiety, yeah. I, I felt like, oh, I don't, I don't think I can trust anyone anymore. I wallowed in self-pity. I had many sleepless nights. There was lots of rumination. It was just the whole spectrum of problems after this. Like it was, it was incredibly painful for me. And it took me months and months and months to get over dating this person. <laughs> it, it must have been very hard. I, I can't imagine because you're you're planning some things, you're anticipating some things, mm-hmm. you're working under the presumption or the assumption that uh, we're doing okay and I can lean into this and lean on this. Yeah. And all of a sudden I lean on it and it's not there and I fall and I don't know why. It, what you raise is a really good point. Almost always the first place we go is to, it must be something about ourselves, our, our self-meaning. Mm-hmm. And our self-meaning usually taps into a deeper self-meaning that we don't even understand at times at an unconscious level we hold about ourselves. And everybody has a self-meaning that they're not aware of, whether it's something along the lines of maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe there's something you know fundamentally wrong with me. Maybe I don't have value. Maybe I'm not that important. And that usually, almost always, has some remnants from our pasts, our earlier relationships, mm-hmm. typically even in our families. And little do we know that mm-hmm. it's maybe even down there, but a time like this can really tap into that. And so we look to fill in the blank with, unfortunately, must be me. And we fill it mm-hmm. in with something deeper. And it very rarely is, or if it is about us, it's 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 reasonable, but it, it's usually something else that's going on, but we always own it, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and I think we own it because then we feel like maybe, well, maybe there's something I can do. You know, if I wasn't nice, something that can be nicer. If I wasn't cool enough, maybe I could be cooler. It gives us some sense of power to personalize it, but it's a, it's a paradoxical tendency that we have to, I, I assign something that's not really even mine. And then it kind of tanks me sometimes. Like you said, it gets very, very hard. I like that word ambiguous loss. It is an ambiguous loss, isn't it? Absolutely. Dr. Pauline Boss wrote about it in her most recent book, Ambiguous Loss. I think it's called like ambiguous loss during the pandemic or something along those lines. Mm. But she kind of coined that term ambiguous loss and she has a whole different way of analyzing that. But yeah, it's one of the hardest things that we can go through. I think sometimes, you know, when we talk about letting our children start to date and what's the right age to date or what, let's similar, like, well, like what's the right age to be able to start driving and begin being given the keys of the car. I don't think there's an age to it so much as what level of maturity do you have within yourself to go into this realm? Because there's going to be some difficult times and you got to have kind of a, like you're describing a solid foundation of who you are. If mm-hmm. you're going to enter this realm, people are going to be kind of knuckleheaded sometimes and they're going to do things because they may not understand their own psychology, but you've got to be kind of resilient. We're going to talk about that in a moment. You've got to be resilient going in and recognizing that probably more times than not, if you're doing right things, the other person's still doing their stuff too. But there's a certain level of maturity required, isn't there, to put ourselves out there? 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the reasons that you found people ghost others? People ghost because they're either unable or unwilling to have a mature adult conversation to end a relationship. And this could be because they don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they just don't have the communication skills to to know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, People pleasers may not want to hurt somebody's feelings by being direct, right? You know, it's also that people could do it to be vindictive, hurt people, hurt Mm -hmm. people. There was actually a study about this called Leaving Without a Word, Ghosting in the Dark Triad. And it suggested that people with dark triad traits like psychopathy, Machiavellianism, and narcissism tend to avoid the difficult conversations associated with ending a relationship whenever possible. So that's a whole thing. Unfortunately, like some mean people ghost, like my favorite quote though, really is from a therapist. I would like to read it. Yeah, please do. um, Her name is Malia Koy. And she says, as a therapist, clients have admitted to ghosting as a protection when the relationship was going well, they felt terrified of a safe, secure, emotionally available partner. They ended the relationship abruptly because it was going well and feared showing someone they admired their vulnerable and secure parts. Ghosting can be so harmful because those being ghosted often cling to the worst fears about themselves. And in many cases, that's just not true. I find it quite harmful to try to understand the ghoster's motivation. What stands out to you in that quote? It could be anything. Assuming that you have been ghosted Mm -hmm. because of something you did wrong Mm -hmm. is incredibly unhelpful and potentially harmful. Right. This isn't about you. You didn't ask to be ghosted. You didn't choose to be ghosted. The ghost is responsible for their own, in this case, crummy behavior. Yes. It's their choice. And it's just really not helpful if you go down a rabbit hole with ideas of why you could have possibly been ghosted. I'll give another example of this. Uh, my friend thought she was ghosted by one of her good friends. And she was really upset with her friend. She had all feelings like, oh, what did I do wrong? It had been a month. Finally, her friend calls her and says, I'm so sorry. I was in rehab. They took my phone away. Like I couldn't communicate with you. And yet she had this whole narrative in her head, this, this Mm. false story that was so wrong. That was Mm. all about her. And it was just completely unhelpful. Well, like you said, though, earlier, we look to create meaning for the space that's filled secondary to the ghosting that's occurred. And you know, you you just talked about something I want to kind of highlight. There's almost a we could say a continuum for you know those that those that can ghost. One would be those that are more narcissistic and Machiavellian and psychopathic. Those folks are just going through life looking for supply. They're the mm-hmm. most insecure folks possibly around, but they use people for their own good. Those that are more narcissistic, psychopathic, and kind of that way are like buckets with a hole in it. They're going around looking to have their bucket filled all the time and nothing ever really fills them. So they go from person to person to person. Once they're filled, they leave. And that person that, that, and they're usually very charismatic. They're very, usually, you know, very extroverted people, oriented people naturally kind of side, you know, sat up alongside them and really feel kind of hopeful. And all of a sudden they're not there. And that's, that's their whole MO. And they're just toxic people that we look, you know, to avoid on the other end of that pendulum would be 
what you just mentioned in, in that quote of someone who starts to experience the very things they've been wanting all of their life, let's say some trust and some security and maybe some safe intimacy. And all of a sudden they kind of go, whoa, this is uh, too much. Be careful what you ask for because you might get it. And now I've got to pull away because I don't know how to be in relationship with healthy. And so I preemptively pull away because at some level I'm getting anxious about how good this just may be and how I might have to trust some things in a new way. A number of reasons, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're also raising another piece too that says if something happens, we're so at a tendency to say, oh, it's all about me. And our first step should just be to pause. <laughs> and instead of saying, well, what did I do? It should be, what's mine? What's yours? And what's ours? Did I do something? And if I didn't, I'll own it. And if I can look at this and analyze it, and I see that I didn't do anything necessarily wrong, so I can't own this. And I wonder if we did anything together, something didn't click. Maybe it wasn't a good enough fit. Okay. Or maybe it's not about us. Maybe it's not about me. Maybe it's just about you, the ghoster that, you know, maybe it's about you this time. So we don't, you know, rather than kind of holding on to it and being uh, the responsible part for it. What are, when, when you talk about the responses, what are some good responses? You're, you know, like right out of the gate, someone doesn't get, you know, a text for a while or a phone call back or someone's not showing up. What are some good responses initially to being ghosted? That is such a good question. And it is highly debated on social media. Mm. And this is actually a pretty tricky gray area. For example, if you felt like you had a toxic relationship with a ghost, mm. like they fell into those dark triad trait categories, yes. uh, maybe they called, they called you names or they put you down. I wouldn't recommend reaching out to them at all. I would just focus on myself and try to my best to move on because that just is not somebody I would want in my life. And I wouldn't recommend that to any of my, to anyone listening. That's but, the self-care you talked about earlier. That was a good, yeah. that, that, that's a good suggestion. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also for any listeners, if you're unclear, if the relationship you are in is unhealthy or was unhealthy, it's a good time mm. to seek counsel, like a therapist or coach or counselor for that, just to really, to evaluate if this is something you want to do. And I also offer a free guide. I co-wrote it with Aaron from Atlantic Mediation. Mm -hmm. And it's six copy and paste texts that you can send to your ghost. And this guide is great. It's at copingwithghosting.com. It walks you through exactly what to say from if you think you're being ghosted and you're not sure to if you're certain that somebody is ignoring you. So just so you know, in the guide, I, I have a lot of disclaimers. Like first don't reach out if you're not going to be okay if they don't respond, right? Mm -hmm. Like reach out from a place of no matter what, if they respond or not, I'm going to feel fine. Also, in general, I always suggest that people use their voice, call out ghosting behavior, if that's something that they feel comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. One of the things I say is you can copy and paste this text if your ghost hasn't you know, responded in a month or so. And it's just that I'm extremely disappointed that I haven't heard from you. I'm not sure if you're going through something right now or don't know what to say, but that does not give you the excuse to ghost me. Mm -hmm. You're better than this. You're capable of kind communication. I deserve more. My time is valuable. So I'm mm -hmm. moving on. Take care. Mm -hmm. 
Very good. Yeah. I know on your site, you have a, a drop-down box that has a couple of things on there, coping with a ghosting guide, also six texts to send to your ghost. And uh, thank you. I think you just read one of them right there. That's pretty cool. I like that response. What you're talking about there is in these moments, it feels like something's been taken away from us or we're trying to make some sense of some things. And we kind of lose our balance in a way, emotionally and otherwise. And what you're talking about is how do you regain control and how do you reclaim your value when no one's there because of the ghosting to kind of mirror that to you the way they might've been while the relationship was going on. You've got to mirror yourself and say, Hey, wait a minute, this is not okay. And I'm going to give them a chance and maybe offer something, but I'm also going to reclaim my, my, my own value and worth in the process. Say just a little bit more about that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always say, take the love that you wish your ghost would have given you and shine it all right back at yourself. This is your opportunity for extreme self-care, right? Yeah. This is this is a new beginning for you and it really yeah. is frustrating and I get it. This is again like complete heart-shattering stuff. Yeah. But now is the time for you to focus on what brings you joy mm-hmm. and to do things that light you up and to live your best life. So that's just a little tip of the iceberg of what I yeah. share in my Take Your Power Back workshop. <laughs> no, I think it's good. I mean, in, in any part of a relationship, including you know the early dating parts, the way that we conduct ourselves in these times, if the relationship works out, ideally is what we're going to be doing throughout the relationship. Let's say you know someone ghosts us in the dating process. Well, that can kind of happen in relationships too. We get together with somebody, we commit, we're you know doing life together and Sometimes ghosting looks like avoidance, you know, they mm-hmm. pull back, they shut down, they kind of, you know, ice you out, those kinds of things and not okay. So if we learn ourselves how to manage these things early in our lives or early in a dating relationship, these are still skills that we 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 come back to later and we say, hey, babe, I feel you pulling away and I don't want to disconnect with you right now. What's going on? And so we practice the very things you're talking about. You're also suggesting, you know, there's different kinds of control, aren't there? There's the external locus of control and there's an internal locus of control. And external locus of control means that I'm okay if we're okay. And I'm okay if you're okay. And if you're not okay, I can't be okay. And if we're not okay, then I can't be okay. So I'm looking for things externally to make sure that I'm okay on the inside. And what you're talking about here is shifting more to an internal locus of control so that we are mirroring ourselves in healthy ways and trying to hold something up to the other person. What what kind of role, Greta, do you find maybe others being able to provide during this time? Maybe whether it's a parent, maybe friends. What does the best support look like from others around us? Maybe if we're going through a ghosting period. Yeah. So it's important to surround yourself with people who care about you and people who are empathetic to what's going on. Because a lot of people don't understand this. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people have told me, oh, just get over it. Just move on. I know. I know. Not okay. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so you definitely want to be talking to somebody who's like, yeah. wow, I I can see you're in a lot of pain right now. How can I best support you? And recognize that this isn't just about erasing it from your mind right. <laughs> or putting it, yes. in a, putting it in a backpack and throwing it away, right? Like this is yes. this is a lot to process. So for this, just for listeners, if you did want, you can join my free and private coping with ghosting Facebook group where yes. you can share your story, even anonymously if you wish, with 
there's a thousand people there right now and we've all been ghosted and I moderate everything. So it feels like a really, you know, one of those safer spaces on the yeah. internet yeah. and it's all just about supporting people who have been ghosted. So that's, that's another option. That's a great option. I like the two sides you're giving right there. One side is, Hey, here's, here's some ways that you can look to others and surround yourself during this time to help kind of buoy you up and to kind of spot you through a difficult time. Your, your site being one of them. I also like you're kind of giving some tips to those that could be supports around someone who has been ghosted. Basically, you know, when someone of value to us gets ghosted or hurt just in general, but ghosted particularly here, you know, we get angry at that person and we want to say, just drop them, you know, or just, you know, toss them out. They weren't worth you and all those things. And that's not where to start. What you're saying instead is what if you start with, man, that must be really hard. And, you know, tell me what you're feeling here. Tell me, connecting with that emotional bridge first, staying experienced near, and then just kind of holding them in that space and then kind of walking through, you know, what are you thinking about doing? And how can I be a support to you? I always like that question. How can I be a best support to you during this time? Like you're suggesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And when you're with a coach or your therapist, another way to, that could be really helpful to move forward is to write a letter to your ghost mm. and not to send it, but read it to somebody, you know, just get everything you want to say on that letter, put your rage down on that page, read it out loud, read it. You could do this alone too, if you feel comfortable doing so, and then yeah. just rip it up, tear it to shreds. That, that has really helped me. That also mm. got rid of some of the nightmares that I had after I was ghosted as well. That's nice. Yeah. The page of rage. I like that. And then just kind of deal with that, burn that, cut that up and let it go. That's good. Hey, you know, we're uh, we're kind of turning the corner here in our time. And we, we started today with your being very honest and very open and transparent about your experience. Is there another story that comes to mind just as we wind down today of someone, you know, who was ghosted or maybe something else you want to share about yourself? And what did it look like? And what from that experience might've been something that someone got to experience kind of in a transcendent way to grow from this and not be defined by it. Okay. So I had a friend of 15 years who ghosted me. This Mm. was after I started coping with ghosting and it was pretty shocking. Of course, Mm. my ego was bruised, but at the same time, I knew she was in a really tough place in her life. And I also knew that if there was anyone in the world who could get through this in a healthy way, it would be me mm-hmm. <laughs> coping with ghosting podcast hosts. So I knew that I could grow around my grief and I talked about it. You know, I talked about what happened with my friends, my family, and I allowed myself to cry. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I moved through those really intense waves of grief I, yeah, I practiced self-compassion. I didn't beat myself up for it. I didn't blame myself on her decision not to be my friend anymore. Mm -hmm. I just kind of took it one day at a time. And also, I just want to say I did forgive her. I chose to forgive her. And now forgiveness is a choice. You don't obviously have to forgive anyone. A lot of mental health professionals consider ghosting to be abusive. Yes, And I'm not here to say, forgive somebody who abused you. It's really personal. You have to honor where you're at. It doesn't mean that you're going to forget what happened or that what they did was okay. But when I forgave my friend, I felt a tremendous sense of peace and freedom. And mm-hmm. I did it for myself. I knew that I forgave her when I could think about her and feel zero resentment. 
Nice. And honestly, I just, I want the best for her now. I really like that part there, Greta. I think that's a, you know, you're talking, sometimes when we go through things like this, it's a, a little bit like Kubler-Ross's stages of death and dying. It's mm-hmm. thematically a death, you know, where we kind of, the, the first stage is kind of surprise and, you know, bewilderment and and this can't be real. And and then the second stage is often maybe kind of a bargaining. Well, did I do something? And what could we do here? And how can we fix this? And then we kind of move to we kind of recognize that things aren't changing. We get kind of angry at times and and then we might get a little depressed or vice versa, depressed and angry. And then we get to a place maybe where we can accept it. And ideally we can transcend it and grow from it. And I think forgiveness that you're raising here is a really helpful and healthy piece to the healing process because forgiveness is for me, not you. You're the one that was a knucklehead and you're the one that, you know, left me. And I'm, 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 I have a right to be angry at you, but I'm choosing not to, because if I hold that, I'm, I'm emotionally tethered to you. And I want to, I don't want to be tethered to you. I don't want to be only okay as I feel towards you. And I want to be able to, to forgive you for my sake and to let you go in the same way you're talking about right there for you it moved to a place where you can genuinely say, I wish her the best. That is significant. Nice job on that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I would love as we wind down for today, our listeners to learn more about you, to be able to follow up with you, your blog, your podcast. How can our listeners follow up with you after our show today? Absolutely. I invite you to listen to the Coping with Ghosting podcast, which is on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's pretty much on all the podcast players. And you can also visit www.copingwithghosting.com where I have a lot of the resources we discussed today, including my Take Your Power Back workshop, and it includes links to my podcast. So that's another way. Find me. Um, Yeah. And I'm also on Instagram at Coping With Ghosting, the Facebook group. Again, just search up coping, Coping With Ghosting on Facebook and you'll find us. And I'd love for you to join that too. Really nice. Well, I sure appreciate what you're doing. You're helping people with their sense of self, with their hearts, with their identity, and helping kind of restore a real kind of solid ego, a healthy ego in who they are to go out into the world and to take the risks that come in any kind of a form with a coworker, someone we might date, to friendships that requires risk. And you're providing people with some hope that holding your own value is going to be a real central piece to this. And like you said earlier, sometimes people, we come into a relationship, little do we know, but they're hurt too. And like you said, hurt people, hurt people unintentionally and sometimes intentionally, but a lot of times not. And we get to create meaning for ourselves based on our own self-worth. So I really appreciate what you're doing, what you're offering our listeners and those out there going through some heartbreak times, maybe related to ghosting. So it's been great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Greta, so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for dropping by and joining Greta and me today. It's always great to have you with us. Regarding our episode today, I want to remind you that it and its resources and all of our other episodes can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com bht. Thanks again for being with us. And we'll look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavior Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community. And if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.